Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We have been in our past quite defensive because, you know, there have been a lot of things that we haven't necessarily felt comfortable with doing this. You know, when you become a band and you, you release records, you, you know, you get into it because you play music and then you, you, you sort of decide to, to release records and you enter that whole arena of, of promotion and marketing. And, and some of these things, you know, and I'm not, they're not bad things, but they're some things that we haven't felt comfortable with. But now, only after 12 years of doing this, as a kind of, you know, okay, this is what we do, and and we 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 we, you know, if we want to get our record heard by people, which is, you know, ultimately what we want to do, these are things that you have to do. And welcome back to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis. With me is my brother, Quentin, as always. And we're back on the Radiohead train. Q, are you excited? Of course, dude. It's been it's been way too long, man. So, hail to the thief. We've arrived at my favorite Radiohead album. Um, and that was Mr. Ed O'Brien on that interview clip that played us in, sort of talking about how the band has sort of matured as a uh, as a group uh, up to this point um, and how they've sort of learned to play all the the games that come with like promoting a, a record. And, you know, they, they had done the big major hit when they came out with creep in 92, they did the, the endless amounts of touring and they got kind of burnt out from that whole thing really quickly. As we talked about in our previous Radiohead episodes. And then they went into the kid a and amnesiac era where it was more, you know, electronic driven. And then they came out on the other end of all that and, and made hail to the thief and had sort of, you know, to me, it, it almost seems like, you know, it, the the longer you're you're in a career a certain career you know, like you just become better at it you know yeah yeah no like i like that it took tom york's dismay you know like the fall of tom york in between what okay computer and kid a and then them figuring out who radiohead was as a band 
with Kid A and Amnesiac, and then they emerge on the other side. They've got everything fucking figured out, and then they drop Hell to the Thief. And I've got I've got a ton of uh, interview clips to share, and you know snippets from interviews from from this era. So we're gonna dive into this uh, hopefully pretty extensively. But first, we're gonna do our what you heard weekly segment where we share something that we've heard recently that has caught our interest. Sometimes it's uh, a band or a genre that's way, way different than the band that we're covering. Uh, That won't be the case for me, but Q, what do you got for us? Okay, so um, ever heard of a band called Klaatu? How do you spell that? K-L-A-A-T-U. Nope. All right, well... I discovered them through the vinyl subreddit. Um, I've actually found a lot of good artists through just being subscribed to the subreddit. So it's, you know, vinyl junkies. A lot of times people just post a picture of their turntable with like the album leaned up against a speaker or something. And then like part of the criteria of posting on vinyl on the vinyl subreddit is you have to have like a certain character length description of your post so a lot of people just post an album that they're super into that they're listening to on vinyl and you know their description of it will kind of just go into details about why they love the record and all that stuff um this is a canadian band that were uh popular in the 70s they're still around actually um but i don't want to talk too much about the band before i play uh a clip real quick um this is a psychedelic pop rock band from the 70s uh i'm gonna play a song from their debut album um which was self-titled in america but when it was originally released in canada it was called 347 eastern time or est what is it eastern standard time uh, so this is a song called um, Dr. Marvolo, and again, this is off of Klaatu's debut album that came out in 1976. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. 
So what year did that song come out? 1976. A little backstory behind this band. I thought it was really, really cool, kind of interesting. So again, in 1976, self-titled debut album by Klaatu gets released on Capitol Records with little notice. So basically, no hype, you know, like these guys wanted the album to be released with with little to no information about them. Basically, they wanted the music to shine through. They didn't want anything else to be part of that, you know, like so no one knew anything about this band. Um, And so this was released in August of 76. The following February, a writer named Steve Smith for the Providence Journal in Rhode Island wrote an article called Could Klaatu Be the Beatles? Mystery is a Magical Mystery Tour. Uh, The article began the rumor that Klaatu was, in fact, more than likely, either in part or in whole, the Beatles. So... (laughs) This comes out, people think, oh my god, the Beatles are back together. Now hmm. they're called Klaatu. Um And yeah, that rumor and the hype ran around and like fucking record sales soared. You know, radio stations ran Is Klaatu the Beatles promotions. Um, there were clues with the records as to whether or not they were in fact the Beatles with backward messages, Morse code, uh, references to the group's identities and song lyrics and the word Beatles hidden in various places on the record jacket. <laughs> wow. So, so, uh, so, but I mean, really, yeah, the, the John Lennon um, similarities were, were, were obvious, but yeah, no, but the, if, uh, hey, what about the, so the, like, the female vocalist? Well, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, so if you listen to the album for one, it's a, it's a really fun listen, dude. It's got that magical mystery tour or like Sergeant Pepper's vibe. You know, it's very whimsical. There's a lot of like horns and uh, strings sections. And yeah, dude, like from song to song, I, I don't know how many um, singers were involved in the recording of this album. Um, but there's only three members in the band. Uh, there's there's two uh, singers slash you know bass guitar and then there's a drummer, so. But there's another one of the other guys sings a lot like Paul McCartney, you know. Hmm. So over time they've just been dubbed, you know, they've just been called like, the Canadian Beatles, right? Because they're from Canada. So I mean, uh, they they obviously knew, knew what they had as far as like their voice. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I you don't so- you don't sing like John Lennon and don't realize that you're singing like John Lennon. You know what I mean? Especially right, in the 70s. Right, right. And like the Capitol Records and the band themselves didn't deny that they were the Beatles because of all the hype well, around it. Yeah, I mean, that's you genius, know? right? I mean, yeah, that's a but, great um, way to, to, to build hype. And not to mention, it's yeah. like, you know, well, we sound like them too, so. Yeah. So then, um, anyways, uh, after several months of conjecture, the group's identity was revealed at the end of the year. It wasn't the Beatles after all. Immediately, their record sales declined, and due to oh, a backlash man. generated by the Beatles hoax, their four subsequent albums failed to sell. <laughs> so that oh, kind of blew man. up in their face. That's I, hilarious, I know, right, dude? And it sucks because that was all because of this fucking uh, journalist that that had that article titled "Could Klaatu Be the Beatles?" Hmm. And they went with it, and you know, so it kind of blew up in their face. But yeah, anyways. Again, this album's uh, 
it's a lot of fun. I like I, I just listened to it all the way through yesterday. Uh really cool record. Again, this is uh Clatoo's self titled or three forty seven EST is the is the actual name of the album. Uh again it came out in nineteen seventy six. Really fun listen. I definitely recommend giving it a, a solid listen all the way through. So that's my what you heard. Nice, man. Nice. What about you, brother? Okay, so since it's been so long since we've had Radiohead on this podcast, you know, the original schedule was supposed to be about once a month we would do a Radiohead album. And, you know, we had some episodes in between where we couldn't uh, get together. So Yeah, I was I was out of town. Yeah, it's, bit, so. yeah. So, I, you know, I wanted to get to Radiohead even sooner on this episode. So, my What You Heard is their latest single, which came out last month, called Ill Wind. So, this is as new as it gets for Radiohead. Um, This is actually a B-side from their last album, A Moon-Shaped Pool, which came out in 2016. Uh, So, anyway, let's just play a little bit of it. And, uh, again, this this is a brand new single by Radiohead called Ill Wind.
That was fucking great, man. I mean, they never disappoint, you know. They just never do. Right. I, I was about to say this is like for us, you know. How, you know how we feel about Spoon. Yeah. Spoon can do no wrong. I mean, it, dude, Radiohead. They're they're the same, man. You know, it's funny. I said that this was the mo- like the newest Radiohead, and I guess that's true. But um fans of Tom York got to hear some new Tom York with the um with the Suspiria soundtrack. I, I think I played some of that a few episodes back. So yeah. But anyway, um just an, uh, you know, this is you know, w- when you think of all the Radiohead uh sort of the the landscape of Radiohead songs, you know, this kind of falls into that more on the haunting side as far as his vocals and just the overall vibe. It's got a very Yes. It's, you know, his voice reminded me of um of exit music for a film on okay computer um as far as like it just sounds like he's right there and you're like right next to you you know with his voice yeah that's my favorite side of radiohead and that's like yeah. their main side you know is that is that haunting vibe yeah like i mean you know just kind of Makes your hair stand up on end, you know, when you listen to it, especially if you're if you've got it cranked up, you know, like mm-hmm. it's like where it's filling the space, you know, filling the room that you're in. Like it just gives you chills. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've always done a good job, like with just the 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 music just like surrounding you and enveloping you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, let's talk about how killer that bass line is that just plays throughout the whole yeah, song dude. and the drums too. Yeah. It just has a very like, um, like almost kind of a jazzy kind of vibe. The, the, the drum, the drum yeah. and bass at least. Now is Nigel Godric still producing their stuff, you know, up, up to this day. Yeah. He, yeah, he produced it. Yeah. So anyway, um, I think this is a good segue now to obviously, I mean, you can't have a better segue than that into talking about <laughs> right. hail to the thief not only because so let's just let, yeah, so ahead. let me just say real quick again uh, you know i mean no one no one cares but <laughs> i have purposely not listened to this album leading up to this episode because um it's honestly the 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 episode uh, <laughs> it's honestly the album of theirs that i've given the least amount of attention to I don't know why, dude, because for a lot of people, Hail to the Thief is like the album to listen to for Radiohead. But I've always um I've always circled back to uh Kid A and Amnesiac as like my favorites, you know, like the like the ones I'll always go back to. Um But have you listened so, to In Rainbows in any Oh dude, I love In Rainbows. Okay. So but... that's interesting because I mean the stepping stone, you know? between amnesiac and in rainbows like you just sort of skipped over it yeah and so like i've listened to hail to the thief i know i've listened to it all the way through before you know and and i loved it yeah but you know when going back to radiohead albums i don't know why i you know i i, I just don't go back to hail to the thief so i'm excited to listen to these songs again yeah well um the, the the main the main difference and the 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 thing that's going to jump out immediately um, when you listen to, to the songs on Hail to the Thief versus what they were doing on Kid A and Amnesiac is that 
uh, it's sort of a, you know, they kind of find their, their, their sound again, as far as like, um, you know, I'm just going to, let's just let, I've got a lot of good clips here. So let's just let the band actually kind of explain it, or at least let, uh, let's let Tom, uh, explain it. He's got a really good breakdown. I think this interview was around the in rainbows era, but he's sort of, they're talking about hail to the thief. So, um, let's listen to what Tom had to say. Even when you might have been dragged into Britpop, when Creep was becoming big, you were over in the States doing yeah. stuff and you missed all that. I know, but, for you. But, but OK Computer, I'm sorry, the Benz was, was our response to, to Britpop, completely. Yeah. And OK Computer was our response to hanging out with R.E.M. on tour, you know? And, how to th uh, and, and Kid A and Amnesiac was a response to my utter obsession with everything that didn't involve guitars. Um, and, you know, Hail to the Thief was not as much a response to things musically. And then by the time we got to this, we, we felt completely isolated. Well, Hail to the Thief <laughs> was also at the time, it was, we were, that was an attempt to make a record where we were all got on. And, and it was harmonious. Hmm. Interesting. So, like he said there, you know, and we had talked about this in the previous episodes, that they did OK Computer, Tom York sort of... Um, had a not a meltdown but like uh, he went off went off the deep end yeah i mean he just he became obsessed with like he said there everything musically that involved or basically anything that didn't involve a guitar like he was so turned off by melody and like the traditional yeah. like rock guitar uh yeah, structure he, he, song, he was uh know? infatuated with rhythm over melody yeah yeah and dude Here's the interesting thing, and and I see where you're getting at here. Like, Hell to the Thief. So, okay, I don't know. Like, when when we covered Amnesiac, and I, I I thought it was really interesting that, okay, so so we talked about how Kid A and Amnesiac were all material from the same era. You know, like all that you hear between those two albums were written around the same time, right? But like. Right off the bat, when you listen to Amnesiac, it seems like, you know, Tom York's voice is, is is back, you know, center stage in a lot of those songs. And there are more melodic songs in Amnesiac. You know, you still have your, your uh, rhythm-heavy songs and your um, songs where Tom York's voice is kind of hidden away under effects and other things. But... Um, you know, to, to quote that, um, where is that? Okay. So remember that, that quote I, I, um, read for our amnesiac episode by, uh, Stanley Donwood, the guy that did the artwork for, uh, Kid A and Amnesiac. He also did the artwork for Hell to the Thief, but he said that Kid A is like, you pick up the phone and you call somebody and all you get is an answering machine. I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, with Amnesiac, you actually get through to that person and you're engaged in the conversation. Hmm. Um, I just think it's interesting that in between Kid A and, and Amnesiac, so basically the songs that they decided not to put on Kid A versus the songs that they ended up putting on Amnesiac, it does feel like, you know, a disconnect and then like a connection, you know? And so it feels like you've, you're you're finally connected to Radiohead 
with Amnesiac. And so here comes Hail to the Thief. And my guess is, and from what I remember listening to Hail to the Thief, that's even more so the case with this album. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a good way to look at it. And, you know, the thing about this record is that it's a return to, it's kind of like, a, it's a little bit of of their past and, and, well, it's all of their past, but like merged into to one sound. So um, th- there's a uh, interview that um, NME uh, did uh, around the 10 year anniversary of this record, which would have been, you know, maybe six years ago. And um, they're talking to Nigel Godric, as we all know, the um, producer of all of these records. And he's talking about um, that sort of the, the merging of the recorded instruments and the electronic stuff. He personally didn't think that it worked for the album, but he says in a way, that's the criticism I would have of it. It didn't really have its own direction it was almost like a homogeny of previous work. Maybe that's its strength, question mark. So I would be on the on the side of the the coin that says that that's that's the strength of this album is that it's it's the electronic stuff that they were doing and on Kid A mixed with the more melodic stuff they did on OK Computer. And um, yeah. here's another one more one more quote here from Tom York. He said. The last two records, Kid A and Amnesiac, were a real headache. We had spent so much time looking at computers and grids, we were like, that's enough, we can't do that anymore. This time, we used computers, but they had to actually be in the room with all the gear. So everything was about performance, like staging a play. So they treated the computers this time like the other instruments that were in the room. Dude, man, and that... (laughs) I love that that goes back to, uh, I mean, that's a callback to Tycho, right? Like we talked about that in our yeah. Tycho episode. Yeah, you're right. He, he treats he's tre- he treats his the effects, um, you know, and and the the software or the you know the uh, he, he treats his computer effects and all that like they're physical instruments. So, like Tom York saying, and you know, with the band, they had all these effects available to them via computer but they had that alongside their actual like performance and instruments and and it was more harmonious in that end yeah yeah that's a good throwback dude uh good pool (laughs) dude and again it's so interesting to me so remember tom york kind of said like with interviews that i read around amnesiac's release they felt like they uh we're connecting for the first time as a full band because in the previous years, Tom, or, you know, it was Tom York's way or the highway, right? Yeah. Like it, it, he was the one that, that, that made all the decisions with songwriting and all that stuff. And then he had that fucking breakdown and realized that, Oh shit. You know, we're we're not a band if if i'm the only one calling all the shots so you know he started to let the other members kind of shine through and do their own thing and and throw in their own ideas um you know and and those are the songs that end up on amnesiac um so you've got that and then in a few years down the line you've got health of the thief where this whole time the band has been kind of working together uh rather than just Tom York 
calling all the shots. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a good way to look at it too. And, and for sure, and that's what uh, Ed O'Brien was saying in that interview clip that that you know this was like the album where it felt the most harmonious. You know. Yes, dude. So let's let's listen to our first clip, man. It's it's time. Let's get some tunes going. Okay, first song is called "Sail to the Moon," and let me just give some context here. Uh, Tom York wrote it for his son, Noah, um, who was a baby at the time, like not even a year old. So it's sort of a, what are you, you sing a song to your kid, you know, when he's going to sleep, like a lullaby. You're talking about like a, like a lullaby. Yeah. It's like a <laughs> yeah. lullaby. Um, yeah. Or at least if Tom York wrote a lullaby, right? So, um, and what's great about this song and why it's a good first song for us to listen to is that um, it sort of shows how Tom sort of found his voice again on this record um, compared to the last two records. So anyway, here we go. Let's play it. Uh, This song is called Sail to the Moon.
was beautiful. You want to talk about you want to talk about Goosebumps, man? <laughs> yeah, gorgeous song. Yeah, that was that was good, dude. And and uh, I mean, a really simple song, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a lullaby, right? R- really straightforward. So, um, let me read the lyrics here. I sailed to the moon. I spoke too soon, and fell into the sun. I was dropped from moonbeams and sailed on shooting stars. Maybe you'll be president, but no right from wrong. Or in the flood, you build an ark and sail us to the moon. That's basically it. I love it, man. He's he's singing to his son. Yeah. So anyway, um, here's some, some interesting information about the song. So for those of you who who aren't aware of this website. It's 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 crazy the the amount of resources that are on this website, but it's called citizeninsane.eu and it's a fan site that basically has th- this guy is gathering information on Radiohead um almost to the point of like obsession. Like yeah. he'll have he'll have screenshots from old versions of the website, the Radiohead website, and I'll be like this is the first time that this lyric showed up on the website and all this kind of stuff. Whoa. But it sounds like Radiohead really did treat their website like a like a piece of art almost. They would just throw fragments of like lyrics and stuff onto the website before the song that's even cool. came out. Yeah, that's um, really cool. And that's true for a lot of these songs. Yeah, so here's here's a, a quote from Colin Greenwood, who's the bass player and brother of a guitar player, Johnny. He says that um, there are two kinds of songs when you're working with Tom. There are the ones which are sort of all right, and you do something that's really good. And then there's the ones like Sail to the Moon, that when you hear the demo of it, you could just put that on the record and everyone would swoon. And it's a real case of don't walk on the grass, don't step on the flowers when you're playing it. So you really just try and like play as little as possible to get in the way with the tracks, because it's such a delicate sort of thing, such a beautiful thing. And it's great, and it has, this is an interesting, kind of funny quote, but he says, it's got this James Bond sort of Moonraker vibe to it when you switch the gravity machine off in the studio and everyone's just floating around. <laughs> wow. So in other words, no, like, that, it's I such a... It, though. Yeah, so basically, you know, Tom York has a demo tape of this, and he brings it to the band, and it's like, hey, here's a new song, and and these guys are so like he said, it's like, don't step on the grass. Don't step on the flowers. Like it's such a perfect song that you don't want to mess it up when you're adding your part to it. Yeah. Wow. So he's saying that there are two kinds of songs that Tom York brings to the band. And this is one of the the, the types of songs where it's like, you know, this is such a perfect, beautiful song that we, we, you know, we have to kind of like, what can we add to it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like what can, yeah. What can we add to it? to not take away from how impactful it already is. Yeah, exactly. So here's Damn. something interesting. And this is what I'm talking about with, and this is the early, early days of like, of the web and messaging boards and stuff like that. Um, yeah. One thing I, f- I found out about this record is that people out there had, had found and downloaded the songs before the record came out. It's one of those things, right? Yeah. Uh, they found demos of it and whatnot 
early yeah, releases dude, we of know, it. We know all about that, man. Yeah, we were we were we were <laughs> the ones who were doing times. Yeah, we were doing that basically back then. Yeah, yeah. But we all know what happened with in Rainbows, right? The next record they put it out on the internet. Name your price, remember? So name your price. They were yeah, they're one of the first bands, maybe maybe the first band to do that. Yeah, and and we all know about Tom York's relationship with record labels and all that good stuff. Also, right. obviously, um, this record, Hail to the Thief, was their last record on their contract with um, whatever that, I think it was XL or something like that, uh, wh- whatever the record label was, um, this yeah. was their last record on that contract. So that's probably also why when it came to In Rainbows, you know, right. or I guess it was Capital, maybe it was Capital, I don't know. But whatever. No, it was uh, according to Spotify. It's it's copyright XL. Well, that may have been because they re-released it. XL might be oh. like the new. Yeah. E- either way. No, but but I didn't know that. Yeah, that's that that makes sense then. That, yeah. That they decided to just fuck you know fuck it. Let's do our own thing. Oh uh, no! Yeah, it, it was Capital Parlophone Records in the UK and Capital okay. Records in the US. So anyway, uh, the point I was trying to get at was that if you listen to the record, when I was reading the lyrics, I said. You know, I sail to the moon. That's the first line. Yeah. It sounds like he says, I sucked the moon when you listen to the actual song. And um, he's saying here that uh, maybe fans speculated about the line on message boards, right? Because back then they didn't have the lyrics yet because people would download the song, uh, demos of the song, right? And then Tom just used what, what they thought that they heard. He said that even during the OK Computer sessions, he used lyrics the fans had misheard from low quality live recordings. So maybe no this happened again. No fucking way, dude. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like they had this, this they would, you know, it's funny that to to think Tom's going on the message boards and sort of like reading what how the fans are interacting with songs dude, that they that like is, live recordings that is and stuff. So awesome, man. And then he's like, like you know, I'm just gonna sing it like that because that's what they think the lyrics are. You know? Dude, I love it. Yeah. Man, that's And great. it's also just kind of messing with you, right? But anyway. Yeah. And like from from so early on, back to OK Computer days, like, and I feel like we've talked about this in the episode, like, they just don't care. Right. It, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, in the in the best way possible, they do not care about fame or, you know, following the fucking, the rules. Yeah, exactly. And they never that's have, right? Great. All right. So let's move yeah. to the next, let's move to the next song. This is going to be a, a, a nice change of pace from Sail to the Moon. Uh, and this is one of my favorite Radiohead songs. It's called Where I End and You Begin.
don't know where to start, dude. His voice is fucking ugh. and like that, <laughs> <laughs> like that the the effects that 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 he's got on on the guitar lines like towards the end there, yeah. towards the end of the clip, yeah, ugh. dude, yeah, and like I wish we could just like pause this recording real quick because i just want to get behind my kit man yeah one of those beats yeah man with the the phillips dropping that like and that's the thing with 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 drummers that i admire you know and adore anytime i listen to them play i just want to be behind my kit so that i can play something similar dude that's just one of those drum beats man yeah oh what a great song killer track man and just i love the the imagery of where I end and you begin. And this is one of those songs that like the meaning is sort of up for interpretation, according to some of the old interviews that I've read. Um, yeah. Here's just a, here's just a sampling here of like what it could mean. Right. So um, somebody's saying that whoever the interviewer is at the time, is just talking about the meaning of it. And he's asking sort of like, you know, is it the idea of two becoming one? And Tom says, or the opposite. I really don't know what on earth these words mean. I do know I went through a phase where I couldn't actually, where I couldn't get back into my head. I'd walk around and I'd be, I could sort of see myself from above. It's not much fun, I tell you. And the song originally stems from that. So like me, I've always read wow. the song as like two people are so opposite from each other. They're like, you know, where I end and, and you begin, like it's, two different, very different things. But he's, Tom is suggesting here that like, you know, I I don't know what it means. Maybe it means like when I, you know, back, I had this phase where I felt like I was floating above myself where like I ended in this version of myself that was floating above me began. So like he's up in this different place with these lyrics, you know what I mean? But he's also saying, I have no idea what the words mean. I mean, when I hear that phrase, you know, I immediately think, you know, that we're so harmonious with each other that I don't know where I end and you begin because we're so connected, right? Like- well, that's the thing, though. If you actually read the lyrics, like here's the here here are the lyrics. Let's let's get to the bottom of this. There's a gap in between. There's a gap where we meet, where I end and you begin. I'm sorry for us. The dinosaurs roamed the earth. The sky turned green where I end and you begin. And then he even says, that's even in the lyrics, I'm up in the clouds, I am up in the clouds, and I can't come down. It's yeah. almost like he's having an okay. out-of-body, out of like, um, uh, sort of like where you're, what's it called, like sleep paralysis or something like that, where you can't yeah. move yourself, but you're sort of seeing yourself. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you can get yeah. There's there's drug induced uh, instances with that too, like where you're kind of, you got the out of body experiences. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've never had one of those, dude. I don't know about you. <laughs> nope. And you know what, dude? I'm. This is a sidetrack, but um, some people dream that way. They dream in third person. That's fucking weird, dude. Anytime I'm dreaming and I'm and I'm involved in the dream, I'm seeing it through my own fucking eyes. I yeah. never see myself in my dreams, but yeah, apparently either. that's a thing, dude. Yeah, interesting. Some people dream that way. Yeah. So here's some more lyrics here. 
X will mark the place, like the parting of the waves, like a house falling into the sea. I will eat you alive, and there'll be no more lies. That's another theme in this album, and I think through a lot of Tom's lyrics, he likes to sing about cannibalism. Interesting. He even kind of acknowledges it. Uh, he says he, he can't get it out of his system. Just cannibal. Constant cannibal thing is what he says. And then uh, here's another one. A lot of the record is about the frustration and powerlessness and anger and the huge gap between the people that put themselves in control and the people that allegedly voted for them. So now he's getting political with it. Yeah. So like the, the and the thing is, the funny thing about about this is that he actually wrote this song years before Hail to the Thief came out. How many how many years? He wrote it in 1998 after the OK Computer wow. tour. So like Holy his shit. probably his relationship to the songs meaning and whatnot has changed, right? Since he wrote it. That's why he says yeah. I have no idea what it means. Like it means this, Jeez. it could also mean that. Man, but yeah, it's fuck, dude. <laughs> Knowing that 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 this song has been just hanging out in his back pocket for all those years, right? And that Jeez. seems to be a lot of a lot of the case with with these songs um, on this yeah. record. And um, according to this fan website, he's got this is what I was talking about earlier. He's got screenshots of the website. He, he says here, like uh, this page appeared in the Kid A era version of Radiohead.com. Under the title "I've Had My Fill," and then he just has a screenshot of some of the lyrics from this song. Oh man, we're just we're Dude, just thrown so, just like out, you know just randomly on the it, website. Man, if you're like deep in it as a fan, right? You know, like you get a screenshot of some lyrics, and like you gotta wait fucking what five years, yeah, before it surfaces again. Exactly, man. So, but that's what's cool, right? I mean, that's that's what I like about that's what's great about Radiohead is that they really. I feel like they really knew how to use the internet back then. Yeah, I was gonna say like that's that's such a cool way to go about like sharing ideas, you know, with yeah. with your fans. It's kind of like, like that's, it's that's almost awesome. like a, like a guerrilla marketing type thing. Not so yeah. much, not so much because well, it's, no, but like know, it's, it's on their it's, website. But I mean, like just dropping little hints and and things here and there that you can take and like you're like I don't know what this is, but this is that awesome. Stirs up excitement with your fan base, right? Exactly. So anyway, yeah. really cool stuff. This is a great song. Again, it's one of my favorite Radiohead songs. It's just got so many, so many different movements to it, and like you know, it's just. And again, his voice is just commanding, you know. Plus, kill, killer bassline again, right? The the Greenwood Brothers are just killing it, you know. Yeah, dude, always. Yeah. What else you got for us, brother? All right. So now, now this next song, I will say I didn't really pay much attention to it um my previous like listens of this album like this is one of those songs that i've kind of ignored or just kind of like you know skipped over or whatever but i I really like it it's called a punch up at a wedding and has a really interesting um feeling to it and like sound that kind of is different than some of the older some of the older radiohead stuff but anyway uh let's just play it again it's called a punch up at a wedding I 
Yeah, I just love I just love the feeling of the the, the piano, basically, right? It, the piano kind of carries the the, the the melody and the bass line. The of piano, course. the piano and the bass line. Yeah, 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 it's yeah great. but that's a, that's a cool, just super simple. Um, I just love how punchy the I piano mean, is. You know, punchy. Yeah, right? it's it's it's, it's a it's a yeah, it's a, it's a bit more aggressive, you know, uh, yeah. just like straightforward, right? right. And uh, that's it just, you know, like it just there's a like a driving baseline, uh, right? Yeah, super and, simple. And, and, and again, really it's cool. like you know, compared to the computer heavy stuff that they were doing in the past, like this is none of that, you know. Yeah, this is yeah, this is just a, a rock band, you know, and each each member of the band is is showcased up front. Yeah. So um, I just was typing into Google to I wanted to read the lyrics real quick. Well, actually, uh, okay, yeah, you can read them off, but I, I was going to explain what this is about. Um, so I'm just just not, not looking too far into it. It sounds like the lyrics. It's literally about someone who's ruining a, re- a wedding. Yes. Now here's the here, here's uh, some drunk person ruining a wedding. Yep. So that is a metaphor for Tom's uh, feelings toward uh, a really negative review that somebody gave a uh, concert that they gave back in 2001. Oh, he says, dude, you're like, you're, you're man, like, I would a punch feel up the same way, man. I'd feel the same way. Like, fuck you, dude. Like right. you, you perform live in front exactly. of people then. Right. So yeah, here, dude, here, here's, here's a little bit more on that. This is from, this is from Tom. He says, um, yeah, he said, this is just like a punch up at a wedding. Nobody knows what's going on. It's just a riot. And someone in the middle is being affected by this. And this is supposed to be the biggest day in their lives. And it's being ruined. I basically don't read anything that anybody writes about us now. uh, Because I just can't anymore. And the main reason for that was that he just, he he goes on to say he happened upon this review, like accidentally, of this Oxford show that they did. uh, Which was, to them, it was a really important gig. And like, they thought it was amazing. It was one of the biggest days he says it was one of the biggest days in his life. Uh, it's probably a very important like venue and concert for them, right? Yeah. And then he says, whoever this person was just tore it to shreds. They couldn't really think of how to tear us to shreds, really. So they just tore the audience to shreds and just said, basically, who are these pe- pe- Who are these people? A bunch of students, you know, white middle class, which was not the case at all. But what's the point in arguing? But this person managed to totally and utterly ruin that day for me forever. And it really shouldn't wow. have done that. And I should have be big head enough to just ignore it. And he says that that was sort of a lesson that he took from that, you know, that you can't, you just got to ignore, ignore the critics, you know. But yeah, that's what he's saying. It's like a punch up at a wedding, like a, a fist fight breaks out at a wedding and the bride is just standing there like in the middle of it all. Like this yeah. is supposed to be the most important day of my life. Yeah, and why? Why is this you're, happening? You're, you're shitting all over it. That's why when you yeah. look at the lyrics, it even says like, you know, you had to piss on our parade. Yeah, to piss on you our had parade. Had to shred our big day. Exactly. All right, so we got one more song, and that's because uh, Q, you, I think you even mentioned the song uh, that you wanted to hear this song. Yes. On a previous recording, so we're gonna play. Yes, thank you, brother. Thank we're gonna, you. We're gonna play Mixamatosis. Hell yeah! Here we go. I love this song, man. Let's do it.
song dude and that so that comes right after a punch up at a wedding right yeah so what's this song about man this is about he says it's it's maybe this is why it it came after um punch up is that um there's a very convoluted response to what this is about from tom so i'm not going to read it because it's kind of hard to follow but he's basically saying that this is about a um sort of a misrepresentation of like these protests and stuff that were happening around. I don't really know the historical context or whatever, but this G seven or whatever um, summit in, in over there in, in the UK. And yeah. these, th- there is this like petition that millions of people signed. And then there were these protests that were happening and, the media and the news just focused on the protest and like put it in this negative light. Basically. I don't know. Like I said, it's hard to, 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 to follow, but basically it's about how sort of like with punch up, how things can get like misrepresented. And like, if you were there, you would have known what it was meant to be. And the media can just take it and sort of do with it, whatever they want. You know, that's why if you look at the lyrics, it says, you know, but it got edited, fucked up and strangled, beaten up, used as a photo in Time magazine, buried in a burning black hole in Devon. Damn. Dude. Buried. So basically, like, Those you just lyrics, took man. what this was supposed to be and just buried it, you know? Yeah. And so that's, I guess that's the underlying theme, right? That, you know, anger and frustration with these kind of things. Yeah. 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 Here's a quote from him. He says, the whole thing was just written up so badly and everyone was ignoring the fact that there was actually millions of people's fixed signatures on this thing. So yeah. there you go. I mean, that kind of stuff happens all the time. Yeah. Dude, Still to well, this day. I mean, let's just talk, let's talk about the, just the, just the song, man. Like the music behind yeah, it. Like, yeah. First off, another killer drum beat. Uh, and like, what, what are we hearing? Like the, you know, like, I think it's the, it's the bass, okay. you know, with a bunch of effects on it. 
Yeah, man, fucking amazing, dude. That, yeah, it's that's a what powerful, makes Radiohead so fucking cool. It's like right, what, what right. they can do with their effects on their instruments. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm just going to keep reading this because this is really important here. Or it's, okay. I, I like what he's trying to say here. He goes, it just stuck with me how utterly powerless people are to really represent what goes on if other people elsewhere see fit. If they see a nicer and more convenient story to be written another way, they can write off the wishes of millions of people in a split second at editorial decision, which I feel is immoral. So to me, I feel like Dude, that reminds yeah. me of the way that the the uh, Occupy Wall Street movement was represented in the media. Yes, man. It was represented so negatively. Right, because the cameras would show up and focus on the people that were clearly like, you know, acting up or whatever. You know, it happens all the time, right? Right, right, right. right. With, with any kind of protest, a lot of times they'll they'll focus on the negative yeah, the cameras um, are gonna go to to the people that are that are you know throwing the brick through the window or whatever. Right, right. They're and gonna, not focus they're, on the, the all camera's gonna. There. Yeah, the camera's gonna focus on the the fucking flames. You know. Yeah, because that's what's that's what people are, are want to tune in to see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. So in other words, let's just completely subvert the whole idea behind this movement, uh, and just show this other thing and just you know whatever. What, what what's gonna get our ratings up? Yeah, and and then it's like, well, you're you're fucking power. Like, what are you gonna do about that? Like, we're we're right. fucking we're powerless at this point, dude. Right. And this is what I love uh, about Radiohead and Tom York, in, yeah. in particular, is that you know he's such an observational like lyricist or whatever. And then yeah. they obviously have such a um, like a negative uh, relationship with like power struggles and like politics and stuff. And then look what yep. they did on the next album. Uh, to give the middle finger to the record label, you know, the, the, right. the, the fuck record you, industry. Fuck you. Pay, pay what you want, man. If you don't want to pay a dime, then fucking download it. Exactly. We, Who cares? We, we care more about our fans than we care about your bottom line. Yeah, dude. And man, let me just, I'm so excited to listen to In Rainbows with you, dude. Yeah. And that's going to be the last record that we cover on our Radiohead uh Palooza, uh, <laughs> Palooza, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna yeah, try to I'm get. Excited, I'll try man. to get our my my friend Nathan to join us. Yes, it's about time we get another human on this podcast. Yes, dude, so reach out to just, him now. Let me man. send him a message right the fuck now. So that's it, huh? That, that's our take on Hail to the Thief. Yeah, that's it, dude. Nice. Uh, what a killer album, man! You got to listen to the whole. Yeah, thing. man. I yeah, I, I'm definitely missing out on a lot. You got to. This I is. Like. I mean, it's true for every Radiohead record, but this is a. Pull up track one, push play, and let the yeah. whole thing go. Because I'm, dude, I man, might be doing that right after we do it, stop man. on and record, dude. And let me tell you, one of my all time favorite Radiohead songs is on here. It's one of the singles, so we couldn't play it for you. But it's it's track nine, there there. Yeah, that is one of my favorite Radiohead songs, and it's even I think it's probably one of Tom York's favorite ones too. He says here, I'm reading this uh, this enemy article that sort of revisits Hail to the Thief on the 10-year anniversary. And Tom says that, uh, or at least Nigel or somebody says that York, um, yeah, here it is. He told this to BBC. He said that he had tears when he heard the finished recording of There, There. Uh, he says, I just thought it was the best thing we had ever done. So there you yeah. go. From Tom York himself, um, he saw there there as, as one of the best songs they had ever done up to that point. And man, Crowning it's such an achievement. Yeah. Such a killer song, but, right, uh, cool. Yeah, man, what a great album. 
And then, uh, like I said, next, I guess in a, in a month, we'll circle back to Radiohead again and cover In Rainbows um, to top it all yeah. off. Yeah, I can't wait, man. So we'll have a, a sidetrack uh, coming up next week. And uh, just briefly here, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Our next full-length album uh, is going to be on Beck's Sea Change. Uh, which Travis, you don't surprisingly, you don't know too much about this album, man. I really don't. Sea Change is Beck's breakup album. That's all I'm gonna say about it, dude. Okay. Uh, it's it's a breakup album. Um, but this album came out like on the heels of of a few other really really successful albums of his. Uh, you know he he became uber famous after Loser came out. You know that song, right? Of course, I can take that. You can take that out if you want. But anyways, everybody knows loser. Yeah, well, sea change was like just a stark change, like complete opposite of all the stuff he came out with uh, before it. Um, It just kind of hit people in the feels. Um, and man, I'm so, I'm so fucking stoked, dude. And I'm, I'm even more excited now that I found out that you haven't actually even listened to this album before, dude, you're going to get blown away. And this is just coincidence. Like this is not on purpose. We didn't do this on purpose, but Nigel Godric produced this record, man. So it's Holy fucking perfect, smokes. dude. I, I know, man. I just found that out when I was looking into when I was uh, typing up some notes for this this record. So, yeah, man, it's such a good album. I I'm really excited to listen to it with you. Cool. Uh, so, do you have an outro for us, bro? Nope. <laughs> I sure don't. Let's just play some more of that Clatu stuff, huh? <laughs> sure. Why not? Why the fuck not? Or we could play, we could keep playing the single, the new Radiohead single, just let it play us out. All right, just just fade that out. Just fade that it out. That would probably okay. be more appropriate. All right. Cool. Well, all right. So then uh, we don't know what we're going to be doing next week for our soundtrack. We haven't figured that out yet, but um, we'll be back in your earbuds next week with a sidetrack for, for this episode. As always... Hop onto our website, nofillerpodcast.com. We've got our show notes on there. Uh, we'll link to all of the articles, interviews, um, any videos that pertain to the record that we covered. You know, chances are we'll have lots more info on our websites if you want to dive a little bit deeper in the albums that we cover. Um, and yeah, until next week, my name is Quentin. Yeah, my name is Travis. Take care.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 